Hello everyone and welcome to Heads or Tales. I am one of your hosts, Jasper Jet. And I'm the other host, Indiana. And we are two friends who wanted to make a podcast where we get to talk to everyone about biology, one of our great passions in life. So for every episode, we pick something fun for the other to research uh, and then interview them about it. Every other episode, we get to flip a coin to see who gets to be interviewed first for the next uh, month's worth of episodes. Yeah, we flipped in the last episode, so we're flipping the next one, not this one. Yes, that is in fact how it happened. We couldn't remember this when we were recording every month, and now we can't remember when we're recording back to back. I knew what I meant to say, it just didn't sound right when I said it, so I do refer it. Fair enough. This episode, I get to be interviewed about the blue-ringed octopus, which is always fun because I adore marine life. Usual disclaimer, this is just fun basic research. Do your own if you want to make sure this is, like, all accurate, if this is something you're interested in. This is just for fun. So, do your own research. That's it. We'll get right into basic information. I'm doing most of my basic information and everything on the greater blue-ringed octopus because there were multiple different species, which I get into. So greater blue-ringed octopus, this is one of the worst uh, scientific names I've ever seen. Hapalochilena is almost certainly not correct as the genus name. Species name, Lunulata. Pretty easy, actually. That really long and terrible genus name roughly translates to soft-skinned thing. It refers to the soft little things. The word is papillae? I'm not sure if that's correct either. It's a little soft thing that covers the mantle of these animals. Uh, Lunulata means little moons, which is in reference to the blue, almost like glowing rings that appear on these guys. I thought that was cute. Little moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of them are really, really cute. <laughs> uh, physical description, size. The word greater in its name is deceiving. These are pretty little, little guys. Their size does not exceed about five-ish inches or 10-ish centimeters. They have an average weight of 80 grams. The word greater actually just refers to the size of the rings, which are a bit larger than others in the genus. They are just teeny tiny little guys. They generally fit in one hand or in two cupped hands. Super cute. People often pick them up thinking they're cute little baby regular octopus. Please don't do that. I'm going to talk about that later, why you should definitely not do that. As for color markings, pretty. So they're normally like a yellowish color, but it varies from like yellow to light brown to sometimes even like a whitish color, off-white. And then they usually have about 60-ish glowing blue rings all over their bodies that are bordered by black rings. The rings are not always visible. If you see one, it might just be that solid brownish color. That basically wraps it up for basic information. 
hit me with those questions. Okay, so uh, on the handling question, I happen to know that these are dangerous species when I wrote this question. So I know that they are, in some way, not something you want to get hit with. Is it because they're venomous or because they're poisonous? And what is the difference between the two of those things? Because I don't think we've ever actually talked about the difference between venom and poison before. No, we haven't, and this is so fun. Yeah, first of all, most people who know what these dudes are know that they're deadly already, but a lot of people don't know that. So this is going to be fun because the difference between venom and poison is like a favorite fun fact of people who like to be a little condescending to other people about knowing things, especially snake people. So the blue ringed octopi is the word that I chose to use through most of this. I'll probably change it up though because it's always weird. Blue ringed octopi are venomous. They are very venomous, sometimes considered one of the deadliest animals we got. As for the difference, a popular text post, I believe from Tumblr, sums up the difference as if it bites you and you die, it's venomous. If you bite it and you die, it's poisonous. That's pretty much a really good way to sum it up, actually, because venom must be injected to cause damage. So think like a snake bite where the fangs go into you and shoot that in there. That's venom, because it has to be injected to work. Like side rant for another episode, there are poisonous snakes, but unrelated. Snakes are generally venomous. Poison must be consumed. Technically, you can drink venom. <laughs> Don't do that. I think that that's dumb. Uh, and not, I'm sure that doesn't apply to all venoms, but... Some people do drink rattlesnake venom. I know this. I didn't look into the specifics because that would be cooler for a rattlesnake episode. But drinking rattlesnake venom is the worst way that you can find out that you have a stomach ulcer. Because if you don't know what that is, it's basically a like sore in the lining of your stomach. So like an open wound. So if you drink venom and it gets on your ulcer, it will go into your bloodstream and kill you just the same as if you had been bitten and injected with it. And you probably won't even realize what happened. So, I thought that was funny, seeing as you and me both have stomach ulcers. <laughs> yeah. Don't drink venom. Don't play around with poison and venom interchangeably. That's dumb. Just don't touch either of them or drink them or inject them or touch creatures that are poisonous or venomous. There's, yeah, some animals are venomous, some are poisonous. It doesn't really make a difference, just don't touch them. <laughs> but yeah, venom goes in the bloodstream, basically. It has to get shot in. Poison needs to be consumed. These are venomous. That's that one. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So uh, my next question is you brought up that uh, sometimes you don't see the, the rings or that the rings are like just brown or whatever. So how and when do they change color? So they flash, as for when, they flash those rings as a warning when they're feeling threatened. Like I said, they're not always visible, so it might look like a normal octopus. And then once it's too late and you're holding it like an idiot, it shows you those rings. Normally it'll try to show them to you before you pick it up, but sometimes you're just a dumb person and you're just pretty and you shove your hand in the water and grab it and then it's in your hand and then it's flashing rings and it's like, oh God. Yeah. So that's like a, a warning when they're scared or threatened. As for how it did this, this was kind of another thing that I had to read up on a few times to decipher and then simplify for myself. 
the rings or the little, they're called iridophores, the little bits in there that make them glow, because they do glow. They're tucked into special little skin folds, like little pockets, and they're hidden in there. And so they can choose to display or hide the rings by like just contracting or relaxing those muscles that's connected to the little skin pockets. I didn't put the details in here, but when I read it, it was, they were doing experiments to see if they could control what made it light up. And they couldn't. And they couldn't figure out why until they like got in there and figured it out. Because this sort of thing where they like actually flex a muscle to hide and show and flash that color has just never been seen before in any other animals that light up. Normally there's like chemical stuff that's going on in there, but not in this dude. I didn't realize they were actually bioluminescent. That's super cool. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was, when I looked into it, if they were just like kind of vibrant or if it was like a little reflective, but nope, it's bioluminescence. That's super rad. Yep. So like, these are kind of like a more commonly known, at least in my experience, marine creature. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of wondering if there are any pop culture things that are like the reasons people might recognize the blue ring octopus. Yes. James Bond, apparently. I don't know anything about James Bond personally. Never watched any of them. Which makes it even funnier to me that there's a James Bond movie called Octopussy. Yep. Yep, there is. I love James (laughs) Bond. Pierce Brosnan is my favorite. (laughs) I was waiting. I was waiting. I'm like, is this Octopussy? It sure is. So in octopusy <laughs> sorry they make fun of it in the movie too don't worry apparently the blue ringed octopus is used as like the symbol to a secret organization so it appears multiple times in various places including as a tattoo there's also apparently a book called state of fear and in my tired state i didn't put the author's name in there my bad where an organization uses their venom as a murder weapon which is kind of sick actually on to things that I do know, there is a, like a viral TikTok video that went around of some tourist just holding one in their hand, <laughs> like while it's flashing blue and everything, just holding it. And I did see that like come across my page and the comments are screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of where I, where I was going with this because I'm like, I remember there being a video of just some poor... I'm no I'm not going to like call them like stupid or whatever because if you don't know then you you couldn't have known, you know. But like uh-huh. uh if you're not okay, listen, this is for all you landlocked people out there who have never been around the ocean before. I love the ocean deeply. It is my home away from home. It is very very scary. Many things in there want to kill you. Don't pick anything out of the ocean. <laughs> Also, a lot of times it's like weirdly unsuspecting things like a shark is definitely not as concerning as the little teeny tiny octopus or there's like a little teeny 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 tiny like sea slug that people pick up because it's really pretty and it's also super toxic somehow. But yeah, generally don't pick up wild animals. If you don't know, then you don't know, but don't pick them up. But yeah, that TikTok was went pretty viral of just some poor unfortunate tourist holding one in their hand and I hope that they're okay and that they got immediate medical attention because I'm going to go into detail about this venom and why you need immediate medical attention. (laughs) Also, in a much nicer podcast than this, one of my favorites, The Adventure Zone, 
references the blue ringed octopus during the pedals to the metal arc. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? They sure do. I totally forgot because it's been years, but in Wikipedia's little pop culture section, it was like in the adventure zone. And I was like, good podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, full disclosure. I usually skip pedals when I do my rewatch or my re-listen. It's not one of my favorite arcs. (laughs) I, uh, I didn't make it that far past pedals. Oh, I got all the way to the end. I love the end. Anyway, we're not here to gosh about awesome storytelling. We're here to deliver hard, definitely 100% well-researched information that you should also 100% definitely fact-check because I'm just being hyperbolic here. (laughs) So, in that vein, uh, you mentioned that there are many different species of these little guys. How many different species? Do you have, like, little differentiation things or maybe fun facts about them? I I do. I try to get a little bit on each of them. Uh, By the way, take a shot every time we refer to... (laughs) The animal we're researching as little guys. <laughs> it's definitely directly in my script probably eight times. Because saying blue ringed octopus every single time is tiresome. So for like different species that I have fun facts on that there's four. So the greater blue ringed octopus is what we've been talking about. It has the biggest rings, but it is not the biggest octopus. It just has the biggest rings. That's where greater comes from. There's a blue-lined octopus. You can guess the difference is that instead of rings, sometimes they have blue streaks. The Wikipedia says that they just have streaks, but when I looked up images, it seemed to show a mix of rings and streaks. So I'm unclear on that. It seems to vary by individual, I'm guessing. There's also the southern or lesser blue-ringed octopus, which is ironically the biggest one at an average of 20 centimeters, which is 5 centimeters larger than the rest of them. For those of us who only speak American, I think that's, like, a difference of two inches. Yeah. Which, I guess, is enough of a difference to warrant it being its own subspecies, which is kind of cool. The only other one that was officially listed on Wikipedia had no common name and an impossible-to-pronounce scientific name, and when I clicked on the link, it just redirected me to just the general blue-ringed octopus page, so I could find no information on it. Some other source that I was looking into later said there were 10 species, but again, I could only even find names, like scientific names, for four of them. Hmm. Weird. They also are different, like, based on location, I should say, but I didn't look into specifically what location each one is found in. Neato. Yeah, I didn't realize there were different kinds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a a lot of things get lumped together and then you learn about the biology of them and you're like, actually, that refers to a couple different kinds of thing. Yep, I've learned that several times over the course of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is why humans... Humans are great at categorizing things. We're bad at realizing the way we've categorized stuff is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Um, this time, we're not gonna jump the gun, and I'm gonna let you talk about some fun facts. (laughs) Yay, because I have some not-so-fun ones. So, I want to throw out, like, a little, like, content warning, trigger warning. My first few fun facts are gonna be, like, in-depth talk about the venomous bite and the side effects and death. So, if that's a problem for you... Skip a little bit. I can't foresee how long I'll be talking about this, but hopefully not too long. So a bite from one of these little cuties is a big problem. One of them carries enough venom to kill 26 adult humans within minutes. Bites are small and usually 
totally painless, like you won't realize you've been bit until you are suffering the effects, and even then you may not even realize why, because you didn't feel a bite. This venom is very fast acting, and its main major big deal side effect is paralysis. You may experience like nausea, respiratory arrest, heart failure, severe and sometimes total paralysis, blindness, and then it can lead to death within minutes. Again, paralysis is the big one. Death is normally caused by suffocation due to paralysis of the diaphragm. Basically just meaning that the muscles that help you breathe can't do it anymore, can't move. Very unfortunate. Did I mention there is no antivenom available? Luckily, since paralysis is usually the only killer due to the bite, you can make a full and complete recovery if someone contacts an ambulance right away. They need to be on their way immediately. Second, someone can keep you breathing once you stop, which should happen again, only minutes after the bite. Putting pressure on the wound and performing mouth-to-mouth until paramedics arrive helps a lot. From then on, paramedics will keep you breathing a little bit better, and once in the hospital, you would probably be put on a ventilator until your body can remove those toxins on its own. Because again, they can't really do anything to help you with no antivenom, they just have to keep you breathing and keep your heart from failing and various other things. Fortunately, victims who make it through the first 24 hours usually make a full recovery. Death normally occurs between 20 minutes and 24 hours after the onset of the symptoms. So, make it through that first 24 hours and you're pretty much good to go. I mean, other than perhaps some lasting paralysis, but good to go as in, you're not dead. Also, fortunately for you, you gotta make some very poor decisions to get to that point. Direct contact is necessary to be envenomated. As with most creatures, if it's in danger or approached by a big, scary, dumb human, its first instinct is going to be to flee, not to run at you and bite you. If it still feels threatened after trying to run, then it will flash those blue rings. And then if it is touched or held, it'll bite. Sometimes the rings, like I said, aren't displayed until you're already holding it, especially if you just are really quick to grab you're probably holding it if you get bit. If you get bit, you're probably holding it. Because the venom is in its saliva, is what it's actually in, and so you have to get bit by the beak to get the venom. If you're not familiar with octopus anatomy, the beak is on the underside of the animal, right in the middle of all the arms. On this dude, the beak is so teeny tiny that you can barely see it. Some bites also do happen if you accidentally step on him. In that case, I'm very sorry. That's very unfortunate for you. So here's my pro tip to you this episode. Don't bother wild animals. (laughs) There's lots of dangerous animals, especially in the sea, that look harmless, but are not. You will be safe if you look and don't touch. Touch with your eyes. Despite this guy being one of the deadliest sea creatures we know of, only three deaths have ever been reported. One in Singapore and two in Australia, because we all know Australia has all of the really scary deadly creatures. I didn't get a specific number, but there are just several bites reported a year. So it happens. It's mostly just, like I said, people picking it up because they think it's a baby octopus and it's cute. It's not. I mean, it's definitely cute, but don't pick it up. But only three deaths, like I said... If you can be kept breathing for about 24 hours, you're probably good. Also, even though that beak, like I said, is so, so teeny tiny, it's strong enough to penetrate a wetsuit, apparently. So, 
Just don't pick it up, even if you have gloves on. I can't stress enough. Don't pick things up. Just don't do it. All right, welcome back to everybody that needed to step away for a description of Venom and whatnot. No more spooky fun facts. Here's a sick one. The mom actually injects venom into the eggs so that the babies can have their toxins developed by the time they hatch. Speaking of babies and the reproductive cycle, they have a pretty short lifespan, about two years usually. This is usually because both male and female die in the mating process. The male dies shortly after mating, and the female lays and incubates the eggs for six months. She spends all of her time protecting them and none of her time eating. Once the eggs hatch, she dies of starvation. I think all octopi do that. I, I know that the Pacific octopus does, the giant Pacific, but generally they live three to five years. So the blue rings have like a short lifespan for an, an octopus, relatively. And uh, that pretty much wraps up what I've got for this episode. That was a fun one. I like that one. I love sea creatures. Yay. Cool, cool, cool. Yay. All right. Shout out. Yes. Have you ever been on a plane? No. I think I knew that answer. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I just write my shout outs weird. And it, um, let me tell you, it sucks. I hate it. I hate flying. It's stressful and annoying in so many ways. I know there is not, or at least shouldn't be, like a ton of traveling going on considering that we're still in a pandemic. However, if you have kids, or maybe you're just like me and you hate flying and like doing children's activities, uh, you can look at lilasluggage.com. That's L-A-I-L-A-S luggage.com. It's like a little mother-daughter duo that loves to travel, and they made little activities that are easy to fit into a carry-on bag that like keep kids occupied without have like you having to let them watch shows on your phone for the whole eight-hour flight make traveling easier for your kids and by extension easier for all of the people seated around your kids they also have matching mom and kid travel shirts which is so cute and it makes me wish that i had a rich and loving mother to take me on trips <laughs> don't we all yeah but yeah, like little little games. That's so cute. I don't know about you, but I did a lot of road tripping when I was younger. We would all pile all like seven of us into the back of our Bronco. And I imagine that probably would have been helpful if you're doing road trips and, and not just if you're flying. Like obviously it's designed to keep kids entertained on an airport. But what is a road trip except a airplane on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, for real. I feel like I fly way too much, which is to say maybe three times <laughs> over my lifespan, which is way too much. So, <laughs> look into that. It's fun. It's nice. Flying sucks. All right. I have no flip for us this episode. That's going to be next. So, mm -hmm. uh, if you need to get in touch with us or want to stay up to date with what we're doing, like sometimes we take breaks. We want to know about that? Check out our Twitter. We're on Twitter at HeadsOrTales20 on Facebook at Heads or Tails Official Podcast, or you can email us directly at <laughs> Heads or Tails Official Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. You did it correctly that time. I did it. And before we leave, we do have to announce my next topic for next time. We're going to be talking about the corpse flower. <gasps> my favorite plant. Yay. I almost forgot. Thank you. I was so excited that I said the email right. 
<laughs> it's because I put it correctly in my script. It's been incorrectly in my script since we started. <laughs> Thank you so much for putting up with us for another episode. I have been Jasper Jett. And I have been Indiana. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. They will, um, actually, you, if you mix it up. This is a call out directly for myself. It's my toxic trait. I'm working on it. Um. <laughs> so, in, in that vein, uh, you mentioned that there are many different species uh, of, of uh, these little guys. Uh, uh, by the way, take a shot every time we refer to the animal we're researching as little guys.